Amen. Thank you, Brother Sam. Uh, we welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. Uh, I want to, um, I failed to mention in prayer request uh, the Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, and I don't remember where it is in Ohio, but it's a church that Brother David Green uh, pastored, and he's, that Brother David Green's going down to Hortense and pastor down there, but the church is, I don't know if the church is already disbanded or if they're going to vote on disbanding. This is, this is getting to be a common thing among Sovereign Grace Baptist churches because, number one, pastors are, are scarce. And number two, uh, the churches just don't feel that they can keep going uh, when they lose their pastor. This is the second church that has disbanded uh, the Battle Baptist Church in Kentucky disbanded when their pastor resigned and now the Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Ohio, I can't remember exactly where it was uh, I don't know if they're going to vote today to disband or if they've already voted but remember those churches in prayer but remember the Sovereign Grace Baptist Churches that remain because I tell you we, we live in a day when things are not so great as far as uh, uh, as far as um, the world goes, and we live in a day when we've uh, got to be careful of everything. We've got to be careful what you say. You've got to be careful what you do. You've got to be careful where you go. And it's just uh, uh, one of those things that we see today. Um, let's remember those. Now, uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus, the 32nd chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. We welcome you to live streaming and we pray that the Lord will see fit to bless you also. Uh, in, in Exodus, the 32nd chapter, and I'm going to begin reading the 25th verse. Now, when I read this, I want you to listen to it, I mean, because it's very important. I, to me, this message that I'm preaching today is one of the more important messages uh, that I have preached lately. And not saying that none of the rest of them were important, but what I'm saying is, is these are very important messages that, that I'm going to be preaching today, the message I'm going to be preaching today. The 25th verse of Exodus 32 says, And when Moses saw, and I, and I like this first statement, when Moses saw that the people were naked. I mean, you can, you know, we, we can, we preachers, can talk about nakedness a lot, but uh, but I tell you this: it's not something God likes. It's not something. It's not something God likes. God doesn't like His children to run around uh, two thirds naked, and that's just uh, one of those things that I thought I'd throw that in. That's not part of my message. <clears throat> he says, and when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked. Now, Aaron was one of God's men. Aaron had made them naked uh, unto their shame among their enemies. Now, you, you realize when you go out there in the world, you're among your enemies. And be sure and, and think about these things. I'll read this. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp 
and said, Who is on the Lord's side? You know, now he saw this great congregation. He saw them naked. And if you study this back over in the book of Genesis, I believe it is maybe the early part of of Exodus, they were dancing around a a golden calf. And, uh, And when Moses saw this, he wondered, Well, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levite gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, not not what I say, but thus saith the Lord God of, of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. Now that's how much God loves uh, when people not worshiping him as they should. And, and, and the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and they fell of people that day about 3,000 men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. And now I will go up unto the Lord, preadventure. I shall make an atonement for your sin. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. And, and I pray that you will help me to preach this message as it should be preached. And Lord, I pray that you'll give me the unction, give me the words to say that I need to say today, Lord, and, and give me the words that you, you gave me when I was preparing this message. And Lord, I just pray that in all things that we might be honored and glorified, that you might be honored and glorified. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. You know, if I was to draw a line today, today, if I was to draw a line down the middle of this building and I said, everybody who's on the Lord's side, come over here. And everybody who is on the world's side, come over here. Well, you know, we're not going to do that. I've never done anything like that. I remember reading where at the, at the Alamo that... Um, all, all those at the Alamo were told, they said, now, we're not going to survive this because the, their forces are much greater than we are. So he drew a line in the sand on, on the floor of the Alamo. And he said, uh, he said, all of you that are w- will, willing to stay and fight them, says, I want you to step over here. And all of you that don't want to stay and fight them, you're, you, you can leave if you want to. Well, every man, every man that was there at the Alamo stepped over that line and said, we're going to stay and fight them. Well, every one of them got killed. Every one of them did. But they, they, they said, we're going to stay and fight. Now, how many people today are willing to stay in this battle that we have as far as the Lord is concerned, this battle we have, how many are willing to stay in it today? 
or how, how many are going to step over on the side of the world and, and say, well, I just can't, I can't do this. I can't be like this. I can't, I can't, I can't change anything about what I want to do and where I want to go and what I want to say and who I want to meet and all these things. I can't change that. And you're going to step on this side. And so that's, that's interesting. You must always know that there are only two true sides. Now, the title of my message today, if you haven't guessed it already, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? We must always know that there are only two sides, the Lord's side and the devil's side. There's only two. You, you either follow the devil and his, and, and his people or you follow the Lord and his people, whichever. Uh, there, there are some who believe that there's another side today, fence straddling. They said, well, well, we'll straddle the line. We'll put one leg over here, one foot over here, and we'll put one foot over here. We're going to straddle it. You know, we, we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, uh, consecrate ourselves to any one thing. So we're going to straddle a line and we're going to be half on the Lord's side and half on the devil's side. That won't work. That's, that's, that, that just won't work. <clears throat> Fence straddling is hypocrisy to the worst degree. There, there are, they are total lies. And then I'm, there are total lies and there are half lies. Total lies are just that, but half lies are hypocrisy. I've often said many times over the years that, you know, if I told my mother a lie, she'd beat me half death. And you'll say, well, what if you just half lie to her? She still beat me half death. My mom didn't know there's any such thing as half a lie. You know, if half of your life what you told her was the truth, but you told her half of it was lie, she still, that tobacco stick's going to come out. And, she, and she's going to get you for it. Well, this is what we're saying today of the Lord. And you got to listen to this whole message now. you got to listen to this whole message. You can't, you can't just take your mind off of it now because you got to listen to this whole message. The Lord's side is wisdom and power. The devil's side is human pride and devilish hatred. The Lord's side is love and life. The devil's side is weakness and, 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 and glorying in oneself. The Lord's side is truth. The devil's side is nothing but wicked and perverted imaginations. A word that Brother Ed Fountain always said he hated. Man's imaginations. That's the devil's side. That's the devil's side when we imagine that we should be rather be doing this than this. You know, I, I, I've often said this many times, and I'll say it again today. If you have to stand and decide whether you're going to serve the Lord or whether you're going to serve the devil, you're going to wind up serving the devil. That shouldn't be no decision. There shouldn't be any decision have to be made for God's children. God's children ought to automatic, automatically want to serve the Lord. There shouldn't be any decision at all there, none, none whatsoever. <clears throat> the two sides... I'm sorry, the two sides can indiscriminately mix together, creating a religion which is so confusing that none can figure it out. 
The two sides can indiscriminately mix together. You know, you can say, well, I'll be on the Lord's side today, but I'm going to go over here and mix with this side tomorrow or this week. You come up with a religion that cannot be described. You come up with a religion that cannot be, uh, uh, ever, can ever be figured out by man. It, it, it'll be a religion that cannot be described. <clears throat> this was this was what had come into Israel's camp. While, Mo, while Moses was gone up on the mountain, when, when he came back down, this is what had happened in Israel's camp. They had indiscriminately begun to mix themselves with the idol worshipers of that day. And as you, as you saw, God doesn't like that, folks. I, I'm sorry, but God doesn't like that. God, God hates those things. I mean, you're going to find out later on why he hates those things and what happens when he hates those things. You need to understand that. The, the idolaters and the worshipers of Jehovah God had mobbed up together. And even Aaron, who was, who was, who, who eventually became one of the priests of God, He's the one that led them to do this very thing. They didn't think Moses was ever going to come back. They thought Moses had gone up on a mountain and dead because, you know, as you know, the, the thing there was anybody touched this mountain, they're going to die. Well, they thought, well, Moses went up on that mountain, he's dead. And so we can, we don't have our leader anymore and we can just do whatever we please. You know, we can do whatever we please, and and praise God, Moses came back. And he saw what was going on, and we know, you can read the rest of it, and you, you can know what happened to that. This makes the world Jesus spoke of when he said in Matthew 13, turn, turn over there with me if you would, to Matthew 13. I want to read something to you, and this is probably one of the best, of parables that's to me that's in the scriptures. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, I'm going to begin reading in verse 24. Now listen to this. This is all important, folks. This is important to this message that I'm preaching today. You know, this, this message is one that, you know, that God lays up on his men's heart to preach. And, and, and listen to this. And, and another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household, older, came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy, an enemy, I'm sorry, he said, An enemy hath done this. 
The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together in the harvest, in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Great parable. A great parable. What does he mean here? What does he mean here? What he means here is that, yes, we have to grow up in this world. And we, we have to, but you, you don't go to the world just to satisfy the world and satisfy a friend or somebody that you have befriended. One of the worst things ever was, you know, I just, as some of you know, I just got on Facebook. You know I already have 164 friends. But I, I'll guarantee you one thing, to me, as long as God gives me the grace, I'll never go and join none of those friends and what they do. As a matter of fact, I've defriended one of them today, this morning. Because, folks, I'm not going to do it. And I pray that you, if you're on the Lord's side, you're not going to do it either. I know you're not going to do it if you're on the Lord's side. Thus, this is the very world we live in today. While, while I, as pastor, try and gather the wheat, then that upsets the tares. Just imagine, just imagine today the condition that people are in today. Just imagine, just imagine this, that what would happen if you practice discipline? What would this do to the tares? Oh, think about it for just a moment, folks. We churches, you don't hear churches talking about practicing discipline anymore. Because just as soon as you discipline somebody that needs to be disciplined, you're going to root up the tares. The other tares are going to follow them. When they go out the door, the other tares are going to follow them. Because they're okay with what they're doing. They're okay with the mixing with, with the idolaters of the world. They're okay mixing with the devil's people. So, so they're, they're going to say, well, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? When I, when I've done this, what have I done wrong? There is a call from the Lord and also this pastor who is on the Lord's side. Let him who is on the Lord's side come out and stand by those who live and witness for the Lord and will reject false teachings and sinful actions. How many people reject false teachings today? Do we think about, do we really think about what we're liking? Look at my thumb. Do we really think about what we're liking today on Facebook? Or do we just say it's a good saying and I, and I like it? Let him who is on the Lord's side come and stand by those who live and witness for the Lord and will reject false teachings and sinful actions. It was a great apostle Paul who said, Come out from among them and be ye separate. 
uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. Come out from among them. You know, you'll say, well, I, I like being with them. No, come out from among them. If you're one of God's children, come out from among them. If you can't do that, then you better start examining your salvation. Why is it important for there to be a Lord's side? Why is there important for there to be a Lord's side? Our text says it best. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. That's why it's important, folks. We wonder why this, somebody asked me this week, matter of fact, yesterday. Somebody asked me yesterday, he said, I prayed and I prayed, and he said, I know a lot of other people are praying that the Lord will do away with this thing. He said, he said uh, Pastor, when do you think the Lord's going to do away with this stuff? I said, when we straighten up. Oh, yeah, when we straighten up. When we start doing what we're supposed to do, then the Lord's going to do away with it. But not until. And his, his comeback to me was, he said, well, then you, you believe in the permissive will of God. I said, I do. But I said, you've got to realize when God permits people to do some of the things, God's just waiting to do something to them. He's got, he's got something in the plans for them. I hope you understand what I'm saying today. I hope it's not vague to you. Hope you understand what I'm preaching today. You know, this is a message God gave me, and I'm going to preach it, I'm going to preach it, and I'm going to preach it. Listen, folks. I don't know if you know this or not, but the judgments of God are sure to overtake the presumptuous sinner. Only saved people can presumptuously sin. Lost people don't presumptuously sin. They just sin all the time. Saved person is a person who plans on sinning, who plans their sin out. They plan it out, and, 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 and God doesn't take very good to that. Doesn't take very good to that. You need to study Hebrews 10 if you, if you have a problem with I'm not going to go and read all of Hebrews 10, but you need to study it. If you wonder, if you wonder why God is doing what he's doing today, th this is not an accident. Let me tell you something, folks. Back in 1999, we had the R1N1, I believe that's what they called it. More people died that from that one than they than they have died from this one. But you didn't have all of this going on. God shut that down. He shut it down. Same way with the bird flu. You know, everybody had when the bird flu was going on. Some of you not old enough to remember the bird flu. When the bird flu was going on, people were scared to death of birds. A bird fly close to them, they take off running. A, a bird light on the ground, they'll say, well, 
You're going to give me the bird flu? You better get out of here. But God stopped it. He stopped it. I remember when he stopped it. I remember when they said, there are no more deaths from the bird flu. What about the swine flu? Everybody was scared to death of hogs. Swine flu had absolutely nothing to do with the hogs. But people were scared to death of hogs. A hog come grunting around. You say, get out of here because you're going to give me swine flu. Then you had the West Nile virus. God stopped the swine flu. And people began to love pork again. Then you had the West Nile virus. Mosquitoes. I remember seeing on television when the West Nile virus was going on, they somebody had virtually put a mosquito on there, and that mosquito was going down seeing who he's going to puncture. Everybody is scared to death of mosquitoes. People didn't go out at night because they're scared to death they're going to bit by, be bitten by a mosquito that has definitely got the swine flu. Well, I got bit last night by a, computer, by, by a mosquito. I'm probably going to die soon. But God stopped it. He stopped it. It didn't last very long. It didn't even last a year. It didn't even last but three or four months. And God stopped it. And I want to tell you, as I said this past Wednesday night, God can stop this too. But he doesn't choose to do it right now. I saw some people said, well, children don't have anything to worry about. Well, how come a seven-year-old died in, I believe it was Savannah, just this week? A seven-year-old. His mother, his mother took him and put him in the shower. He was, he was sick. Mother took him and put him in the shower. When she came back and opened up the shower door, he was dead. Seven-year-old. He'd had a seizure. Seizure. And he died. And then they, they, they did test on him, come to find out he had the COVID-19 disease. Seven years old. Well, let me say this. In New York, there was a seven-month-old baby that died from the COVID virus. So you young people, you might think you, you're in this, you, that, that, that you are, that you can't be touched. You better get another thought in your mind. Because you can be touched. You better think about that. I know school has just started back. But you better watch out this bunching up and gathering up. You can go to school without gathering up with your friends. I, when I went to school, I didn't have any friends. So I didn't, you didn't worry about me gathering up with anybody because there ain't nobody like me. You know why nobody liked me? Because I was from across the tracks. I'm telling you the truth. I was from across the tracks. And they didn't like me. But I want to tell you today, you can find people to bunch up with.
You can go long distance just to bunch up with people. You can go, you can go long distance this way, long distance this way, this way and that way to just to bunch up with people. You realize God hadn't stopped this yet. I think it's going to eventually come to an end. I don't know what you think about this message I'm preaching, and it don't matter. Because it's the truth. There is a call from the Lord and this pastor on what does this separation imply. The separation that we should separate ourselves from this side and be on this side, the Lord's side. What does this separation imply? It means a public stand against everything opposed to the truth. It means a public stand against sin. It means a consecration to the Lord. It was Moses who told the people, Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. Every man upon his son. And I put in parentheses and daughter. Upon his brother, and I put in parentheses and sister, that he, that is put in parentheses the Lord, may bestow upon you a blessing this day. That's why I'm preaching this message. I want all of you to be blessed. I want God to bless you. Uh, the greatest blessing we'll have as God's children today is when God stops this disease. And we can see then who really wants to come back to church, who really wants to serve the Lord. We can see that. I'm so glad that you folks are here today. I don't know what to expect on these Sundays, but I'm so glad every one of you are here. I'm so glad in that. I had one member call me and said, I'm not going to be able to be there because my husband is sick. But I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here today. We who are saved are dead to sin, but we're alive to God. It was a great apostle Paul who said, to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Philippians 1.21. Do you feel that way? To die today is gain? To live is Christ? Put the two together. To live is Christ, to die is gain. To live for Christ, to die is gain. You know, we must live for the Lord. Let me ask this question again, and I'm going to close. Who is on the Lord's side? Who this morning is on the Lord's side? I want to ask you this. I'm going to come down here, and if Reggie and Carmen will come, and Reggie turn this 